This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Down. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. We are live. <laughs> let's mm. see if we can get the cheering going. Yeah. Woo. You hear that? I hope it goes into the recording because I am so excited for our guest today. Welcome back to another episode of the Hero Academy. If you are a fireman, police officer, military, um, who did I leave out? Police officer, military, nurses, can't forget the nurses. Um, Anyone that society calls heroes, then you are in the right place. And this show is for you. I am so, so grateful and excited for my guest today, Atlas. Uh, What an incredible name. When he introduced himself to me, Atlas, I immediately thought of the book, Atlas Shrugs. And I was like, I'm not going to forget that name. Like, one of my uh, one of my guys who I met at an event, uh, one of my good buddies, he told me you want to be memorable. So after he told me that, I decided I'm going to be memorable at every event I go to. So now I'm Super yeah, Dave when I go to that's events. Right. <laughs> and that's you my are. whole that's my whole brand, and it falls in line with the with the Hero Academy. So it's it's all on point with the brand. So magic. It's magical. I love it. <laughs> so Atlas, my audience, they don't know you, but yeah. I know you. And uh, if you could just tell them a short, you know, three, five minute clip about your life. I know yeah. it's hard to fit in uh, <laughs> <laughs> decades of experience in life into a few minutes. But if you could just tell us, you know, where you're from, what you're about and, uh, you know, who you represent. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks, Dave. I appreciate this. Super Dave is a phenomenal name. I, I, I couldn't forget that either. And, and every time I would say, hey, I'm going to go uh, hang out with Super Dave, everyone knew who you were. So you nailed it <laughs> with the name. <laughs> um, yeah, so like many of your listeners, uh, I'm a proud American. Uh, I was uh, raised in a family of, uh, of service members. My great-grandfather was a police captain in Boston. He actually arrested the Boston Strangler, which is something that we're pretty proud of. Uh, wow. My uh, yeah, my uh, father and grandfather were both in special operations. My dad adopted me when I was five. 
and uh, I had just a life of service in the army there. And he said, go in the Air Force. And so I dropped the hua off my name because mama called me Joshua. And then I just went to Josh because I wasn't in the army anymore and made mama <laughs> mad. Uh, and, uh, you know, I went through 11 moves, uh, seven deployments, uh, 4,000 days of being gone away from the family. Uh, I've written five books, uh, three major leadership awards. Um, yeah, two bronze stars, one in Iraq and Afghanistan, international affairs officer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and then an international affairs, uh, officer award, international leadership award. And, uh, I'm hanging up the hat from the air force and, and continuing to serve, uh, in my new role as a, as the founder of uh, leaders kit, which is essentially, uh, what I'm, what, what, what I'm doing, but where we met, uh, just, uh, getting the message out and um, trying this whole speak off gig and uh, see what, what was there. So uh, that's, a, that's a quick summary of who I am. So uh, just to tell the audience, we both won a golden ticket to the speak off yes. in December. Uh, yes. I was kind of a late replacement. I didn't win the initial round, but I still, I still worked my way in there. And I said, I'm going to get onto that stage. Uh, Atlas actually recorded me talking, and I'm so grateful for that because yeah. that's uh, like some footage that I can use now because I didn't have a lot of footage uh, of me actually on stage. So now I got a little bit. But um, I just wanted to ask, what does uh, the kit, the kit, is that an acronym? Because everything in the military is an acronym. Yeah, it's, it sure is. Um, so, no, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, I remember being in uh, Joint Special Operations Command, sitting across from uh, one of my Green Beret brother and uh, Ranger. Figure this out because uh, I have this new business where I think I can do rifle parts and uh, we can keep the, the target rounds downrange a lot tighter. So maybe we'll keep it tight, like keep it tight, K-E-T. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and I was like, no, that's not where I want to go at all because depending on the environment that you're in and what you do, um, yeah, you, uh, you need a different type of kit. If you're in a jungle, you need a jungle kit. If you're in the sand, you need a sand kit. You know, if you're out in the water, you got a water kit for that. So the military has different kits for different missions. And I don't believe leadership is a one size fit all. Uh, I think every time you put yourself in the environment, whether it's at home, um, whether you're at work, whether you're serving, everything that you do as a leader is different and it requires a different type of kit. So, uh, I started with kids and I wrote a couple books there and it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been real fun. I, I didn't expect them to blow up as much as they did. <laughs> isn't that, isn't it crazy? Like once you start just creating stuff and putting it out there, how like all of these forces start to come and yes. support you. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, like uh, five or six months ago when I published my first book, I, I started getting photos from kids um, and their parents. And, and I was like, man, that's that's exactly what I envisioned whenever I wrote this book and then had someone edit it and uh, and then do the illustrations. It's getting parents and, and kids together to just talk about leadership. What's the name of that of, the, of your first book? The first one is The Fox in the Box. 
Um, it was on Amazon's bestseller list in the top 100 for well, kind of a lot of days. But um, not because I was promoting it or anything. It was just the, the test run of how to do uh, a self-edited type of uh, promotion release of a book. And yeah, it went well. It went really well. Uh, so I was pretty happy with it. Um, but the whole story is interesting. I'll tell you that if you're interested. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm very interested. Please, please. Yeah. So uh, my, my kid and I, uh, he's 15, my youngest. Uh, he's like, hey, you know, I got to start getting money for, for uh, I don't know, college or a car. But right now, a car. And I was like, cool, how are you going to do that? And he's like, I don't know, I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, at your age, you could probably write some kids' books and get them published out, and then that'll probably pay you some some pretty decent money if it's good. I was like, you know what, let's go home. You write one, I'll write one, we'll, we'll, we'll compare notes. So I came to the table with my book, and he looked at me and he said, uh, Dad, that's really good. And my, my kid doesn't lie. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, uh, that that's that means a lot to me. And he's like, "Yeah, well, uh, I didn't write mine, so give me a, give me a couple more days, and I'll come up with something." And he still hasn't done it today. <laughs> oh, and I'm man. Five, so I'm so five many people into it. So many people <laughs> say they want to write a book, and what sets us apart is that we get it done. You know? Yes, absolutely. That's what sets us apart, and that's the difference between like um, someone that's earned their black belt, right? Or yes. someone that's earned a position in a special forces position or that's written a book, they decide, hey, this is the path I want to go down. And they actually they get they get to the destination because they mm -hmm. made a decision to not stop the hurdle. You know, there's a lot of hurdles along the way. Right. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. It's uh, it's amazing. So would you consider yourself a leadership coach or speaker expert? What would you consider yourself? Yeah, so uh, over the last 27 years, I've been a part of uh, the world's most elite um, Air Force uh, units and uh, the most elite military units. And we've been elite for a reason, and it's because of the leadership. Are you uh, so allowed to say what some of those units are? Or are they like, you can't even say that? <laughs> what what they're called? Uh, well, yeah, I can tell you, I was in uh, Joint Special Operations Command, and that command is known for uh, for taking out Osama bin Laden. Um, and there's a whole lot to that command that is classified still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but that's where uh, if you do a good job, that's where you end up in special operations world. And uh, it's very very elite there. There's a lot of good leaders there. Uh, one of the other uh, places that I worked was the White House. Um, so I worked for President Obama for t four years under the White House Communications Agency, which is a, a military agency that makes sure that the president's voice and video, he looks like the president, sounds like the president, and all the recordings come out. Um, and I had a special job. Um, for two years, I advanced him. And then for the last two years while well, I was in the White House, I was actually living in the White House and traveling with him as part of the staff. They only did that with a couple people. Um, so At, I remember, Atlas, I, st I, go ahead. I know, I know what advance advancing him means, but some of our audience might not know what advancing him. Can you just describe yeah. that and what, what that means? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you advance the president, uh, you set up the white house, all the security, 
everything that goes into being the president of the United States ahead of him getting there. Uh, so that's working with uh, your helicopters, your airplanes, so Air Force One, Marine One. Uh, the Navy actually does a lot of the things with uh, the president's personal needs. Uh, that's making sure that all the communications are there so if something bad happens, uh, he, can, he can engage quickly. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what the agency I worked for did was to make so, sure that he was um, always able to be the president, yeah. You just led me to a thought. He didn't have very many scandals in his uh, administration, but I remember the thing with the Secret Service down in uh, Columbia. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. Oh, man, I was so glad I was not on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> you have any, uh, do you have any funny stories from your time in the White House? Oh, yeah. That you can yeah. think of? Yeah, absolutely. Here's one that I have never shared. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, in our community, all of the people that, that you, that you get onto your show, um, they all have, uh, a close knit family type of workforce that they work yes. with. It's an extension of the family. So whenever we get new people into our family, uh, we would always play a prank and here, here's, here's my, here's my favorite one. Uh, we were in, uh, the Vela de Vida. It was the ambassador's house for uh, Rome and we had a brand new army mill aide that came onto the team and uh, real real tight lace they're all really professional you know they they're being very professional so I was down before he came into the the country with the president I was down at the gift store and I picked up this mint this chocolate mint and it said I love Roma and when I put my fingers on it my thumb and and my uh, my my pointer finger went together, and I was like, "Oh, that's not a mint. That's that's a condom." And I was like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be perfect." So I, I I bought a couple of them. I put one on the Millaid's pillow uh, before he came, you know, because they have to sleep close to the president. Um, I put one on the Doc's pillow. Anyways, I put them on the pillows, and so and I welcomed him into Rome, and I brought him into his room. Yeah. <laughs> He had turned over the duty to, uh, I think it was our Navy Millet at the time. And he's like, he's like, hey, uh, can you show me where my room is? I was like, oh, yeah, come on. I got to show you this. It's a, fan a fantastic room. <laughs> so he's like, oh, that's a cool mint. And he picks it up, and his face turned crayon box colors. Like, I've never seen a person's <laughs> demeanor change so much. He was so embarrassed. Uh, and, and so uh, he looks at me, he goes, what is this? I go, uh, it looks like a mint to me. What do you, what do you think it is? He's like, this is not a mint. And then, and then his shoulders just fell to the floor and he looked at me, he goes, is there one of these on the president's pillow? And I go, well, there might be. <laughs> so first day on the job, first overseas trip, I just pulled his chain hard. And then, uh, the doc came in and he's like, good one. Good one, Josh. You, yeah, you got us. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you did this? And I was like, yeah, you, you don't have to go talk to the president. There's not one on his pillow. But yeah, that's one. Uh, that's the one that quickly connected us. He was, uh, he was, he was quickly on our side after that. That was probably the, the best time I've had with a mill aid uh, overseas, especially. That's pretty yeah. cool. I know um, that it is a brotherhood and w there's a lot of uh, pranks and, you know, there's a lot of ball busting. Yeah. Um, when you were out in the field, do you have any good stories from uh, when you're out in the field, like something <laughs> funny? That what's the funniest thing that you remember happening? Um, yeah, we yeah we practiced a lot. Uh, 
but uh, no, I think the funniest things are during during actual combat. So, um, I mean, so you, you, it's a different mode, and and your community knows that. When you're at work, you're trained to do that job, whatever it is, whether it's a nurse, a firefighter, or your police, you know, uh, or you're in the military, you're trained to do the job. So when you're doing your job, no matter what it is, you feel more comfortable in that space. And uh, yeah, and then COVID happened. Yes. <laughs> so like for us, uh, when we were traveling around doing battlefield rotations in Afghanistan a couple years ago, uh, every time we would get off the helicopter, uh, we would have to get swabbed because we might have caught COVID. In the I never got that. But I remember one of the one of the times we landed. Uh, it was in uh, southern Afghanistan city. Um, yeah, it was in the middle of the desert, and there's nobody out there but a team of seals, and we were going out there to make sure that whatever we were we were out there. When we got off the helicopter. There's this little girl, probably about four or two. I don't know how she got in the military, but she was there. <laughs> she had a package of these COVID tests that reached down in your brain and, and got your deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> and so she's like, I don't have to test all of you, but I do have to test one of you. And so I pushed my, my chief warrant officer forward. I was like, here you go, Ryan, it's for you. And he's like, oh, great. And as she tested him, I swear his lunch came out through his nose. He vomited oh like God. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and this kid, you got to understand, like, Ryan's a big dude. Like, he, just not something you would expect anything like that. Like, he's a manly man. And this little girl is just getting him with this stupid COVID test. Uh, but, yeah, we laughed about that for a while. And we we're like, see, Ryan, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I, got, I got jabbed up in the nostril, like, all the way in there a couple of times. And uh, I said, never again will I go through that. <laughs> if I don't feel if I don't feel well, I'm staying home. I'm not even going to bother to get tested. You know, I, I didn't understand why people were getting tested when they felt fine. Right. You know, like if you if you're not showing any symptoms of anything and you feel fine, why are you getting tested? Because I said the the only correct way to do it is to test every single person every single day yeah. that's the only correct way and you can't you can't do that and they figured that out very quickly we we had that yes so were you standing up when you got your test or were you in a vehicle like how did they do your testing i did a drive up to my doctor's office i was seated in my car and he jammed it up my <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've seen that happen. I'm always like, I always try to tilt my head back, you know, like like the dog just trying to get away from being pet. Come on, get off, get off me. Yeah, but no, I can only imagine, like, where do you go in your car? It's like, you're going to get I was caught. Gripping, I was gri uh, white knuckle gripping the steering wheel. That's what, that's what I was doing. I was white knuckle oh gripping gosh. the steering wheel, seated there as he's, like, you know, you know doing the thing with, this, with the uh, Q-tip. That's funny. Where does uh, where does all of your internal drive? Where does it come from? Was it pre-military, or you think it's because of the military? Yeah, that's uh, that's a question I get sometimes. Actually, I just got it from um, someone who followed me on Instagram from Russia. Actually, I was like, oh, how do I Google Translate? Um, this is the answer that I that I give. Um, 
yeah, it's God. You know, it's it's all it's always for me. It's God. I have this internal voice that says, "This is what you need to do," and I say yes and amen. Uh, I say yes and amen to everything. Like the whole uh, 10x stages, the the uh, Great American Speak Off, the the business, the books. Those are all yes and amen. Somebody came up to me and said, "You know, I think you'd do this," and I would say, "Yeah, yeah, let's go." And then amen afterwards, right? Oh, uh, man, so that's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's the quick synopsis. But as far as the military, shoot, like Arnold Schwarzenegger said it this way, and and I kind of agree. If you have a childhood that wasn't perfect, uh, then you aspire to have a better adulthood. And that's paraphrased. He said it better than I did, but uh, I like that because my childhood, I always wanted to be a soldier and I always wanted to do special operations stuff. I always wanted to make a difference and give back to a community and and do something greater than myself. Who doesn't, right? And, yeah. and this community is yeah. perfect for that. Uh, so whenever I see that come to fruition and I see lives change or whenever I see something uh, that we have we made uh, a bad thing go away or we avoided a bad thing and that magic happens we all in this community especially we've all seen that and then that just pushes you towards the next one how can you be better how can you do do it better than you did last time how can you make your teammates better all that stuff is just that's why that's why we're all here right yes sir yes sir thank you so much for your service like uh, you spent an entire lifetime serving this incredible country of ours that we have and I couldn't be more grateful. And I just want to give you your ro your roses right now while I have you so that you can say, you know, he actually gave me my roses before you're six feet under. You've been a great American serving his country for uh, three decades. I don't want to say four decades. <laughs> yeah. I'm going 27 years. We'll say a long time, so that's almost yeah. three decades, and you're still continuing to serve, but you decided to serve in another way. Um, what's a day in your in your life look like now? Like, what are you doing typically? Yeah, so I'm in transition. So I go to work, and I go to the doctor. I go to physical therapy. I do a lot of additional things in, in addition to what I do. But my job right now is uh is as deputy for luke uh we are responsible for the police and the fire uh, first responders to any crashes uh, do contracting communications uh, we also do uh, all of the engineering for the buildings and then the logistics to go in and out of uh, the world's largest fighter wing so that's my day job um, i have a great boss and a great fantastic front office team that takes care of me and make sure that I'm where I need to be, when I need to be, uh, and I'm going to miss them terribly. But just like every time I, I leave, man, it's you grow that family, and then it's like, ugh. And you can't, you can't expect to finish the race with the people you started, and I get that. But, man, do I want to. You know what I'm talking about, Super Dave? Do I want to. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice for people that are in that? Because I'm in that transition mode also. Like, yeah. I... I've done my 20 plus years, 24 now, going on 25, and I'm yeah. transitioning, you know, quickly, slowly, it depends who you ask, <laughs> yeah. but I'm transitioning out of one life and moving into another, you know, podcast speaker, coach, all of that, entrepreneur, all, all of those things. Uh, do you have any advice for people that are thinking about the transition or getting close to the transition? 
Yeah, this is a major topic. Uh, I know in the military, there's a lot of people that like to jump out and say, this is all the things you need to do, but everybody's journey is different. So yes, just recognize that whenever you hear people give you advice, that's what it is. Don't take it all. Uh, but also some of it's really, really uh, deep-rooted and can be helpful. For, for me, I've been advised that I need to make sure that everything is recorded in my medical record because that's a big deal for us. And for years, Super Dave, I've been... I've been hiding stuff that have been, it's just been in me for a while. I've been in a lot of combat zones where I've had to wear a lot of gear and jumping in and out of helicopters and in and out of, uh, up armored vehicles. It, uh, it does, it takes a big toll on my body or trying to get to a safe place where I don't, uh, have to have hell rain down on me or anything like that. Um, that's, it's, you don't worry about your body during that moment. Um, but the last time I was deployed, I had the Ranger docs hook me up with a lot of uh, physical therapy, a lot of dry needling. And then I realized, you know, I need to take care of me. And so during a transition, my number one key would be if I could give any advice is to just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Like your priorities are your priorities. For me, it's getting back to God, you know, um, spending time with God every day, spending time in the gym. You know, if, if, uh, if I can, I'm going to make myself stronger because stronger people are harder to kill. But also, yeah, you know, I didn't realize how strong you 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 are. Uh, you know, there's some people that their clothing, it makes them very deceiving. I shook your hand and you had a solid, solid, solid handshake. Right. But I didn't realize how jacked you were until I went onto your Instagram and I was like, whoa, oh, my God. <laughs> Are yeah. you still are Are you still uh, like over two hundred? Like what's your, what's your stats right now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to try to be around a thousand pound. That's a uh, thousand pounds between bench, uh, squat, and and deadlift. And I'm usually over a thousand pounds, but uh, that that's I'm getting older, <laughs> so I will uh, I'll get there um, for periods of time, and then I'll back off and try to get the physical therapist. To, uh, to make me right so I can do it again. But yeah, no, uh, when I was in college, I started a, a bodybuilding club so that the university would pay for my supplements and my contest fees. Oh, and that's funny. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of us that just didn't have the money but loved, uh, loved taking care of ourselves, so I'm getting back to that, and it's fun. But so yeah, man, I appreciate up, that. Growing up, you were <laughs> probably a big fan of Arnold. Oh, yeah, I loved Arnold. That's um, Arnold and... and uh, Arnold over everyone else. John Claude Van Damme, you know, Bloodsport was uh, a movie. I know you guys talked about that. Was it Matt Dix? You, you and Matt were talking about that in a previous yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you guys we were talking about Bloodsport, I was like, oh yeah, I used to watch that on repeat. I used to rewind a video VHS tape so I could see it again. That's how that's how deep that rooted uh, that rooted. But yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, and then uh, his son. Uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger is is into acting now, and he just came out on a on another film, so uh, he he pushed that out to all of us. And I, I don't know, uh, he's a good actor. He was in the first episode, and that was probably the only episode I wanted to watch, anyways, of that show. I don't even remember what it was called, but I was like, uh, I don't like the rest of this. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Game Changers? Uh, no, no. I, so uh, that's on Netflix. It was produced by Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. And um, it's all about the optimal diet for athletes. And 
Um, it actually made me stop eating meat. Um, now, I think Arnold says that he just reduced the amount of meat that he was intaking. But um, I know it's like a controversial subject for a lot of people, especially bodybuilders. Mm. Um, there's a lot of science behind it. But one of the things that I would like you to look into is bowel transit time. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah. So my buddy's a vegan as well. And he's he's like, hey, man, this is going to take you four days to process. And I'm like, yes. shut up. Yeah. And yeah. He, so, he's so like, when you eat so when you eat that big chunk of steak or that, uh, you know, the chicken two, three times a day to get to get the right amount of protein, that yeah. food is sitting in your intestines for several days yeah being so, being processed and then and then you're and then you're putting more the next day and more the next day and uh, a lot of people don't realize that meat is the number one carcinogen in the world yeah I've, I've heard that and you know the the cheat that i do is eggs not only is it more affordable uh, but you can you can stack up and it processes a lot better because it's not that solid heavy meal that you normally get but it's still fulfilling um yeah. so I, lo I love the eggs i do eat meat every once in a while my son and i uh, will grill uh and he loves that he loves he's getting better at making hamburgers but uh that uh what is it called that near beyond meat or what is yeah, the... it it's okay but you know like, that's <laughs> one of those things that's one of those things that you shouldn't consume a lot of either like i right. i do go to Burger King from time to time and get the impossible Whopper. Uh, every now and then I crave it, but I try to limit it to only a few times a year. And during the summertime when people are grilling, uh, if they don't have one of those types of burgers, then I'm just eating the vegetables, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, do, are you still tracking your, are you still tracking? I know we're going way off topic right now, <laughs> but like <laughs> you talking about bodybuilding and then that like it piqued my interest because I, um, you know, I go to, I'm a gym rat. I go to the gym every day. Yeah. Uh, right now, for me, training is purely about physique. I just want to look good. I want to, I want, you know, I want to be shredded all the time. And uh, <laughs> like, I know at my, I call it advanced age, I'm almost 50. <laughs> but I know at my age, I'm not going to get much bigger, but I know that I can get, you know, more cut and more shredded all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Are you still tracking your your uh, your protein intake and like are you still tracking your meals now? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, in fact, I I uh, probably start sh shredding uh, right around the summer months, and then after that, I really don't care. So okay. like now, I am totally off cycle, okay. and uh, it's weird. You know, you get the sleep cycle uh, advantages of eating more. Um, but then you feel like a sloth sometimes when you're in a gym. You're like, why did I eat so much? Mm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, March, April, uh, I will, I'll start paying more attention to the amount of uh, protein specifically that I intake. And then, uh, do you do in have you done intermittent fasting or only around competitions? Oh yeah, no, I do. I'm a big fan of fasting. Uh, so, and that's a big part of my spiritual journey too, right? So. Uh, yeah, I, I'll do quarterly fasting where I'll go without meals for two, three days sometimes. And uh, and it's super good for you. Like, it's super good for you. The, yeah. the advantages of that are so well uh, recorded now. So, yeah, I'm a big fan. 
Yeah, me, me too. Uh, that's how I lost all the weight that I lost. It was uh, by tracking and also by intermittent fasting. I'm a big, big believer in it. Now, when you fast, do you, uh, do you go with water or do you have any other supplements to what you are intaking or is it just plain water? So I do, I, I've never fasted for an entire day, but I've, I've fasted for several hours. Like the longest one I've ever done was like anywhere from 14 to 16 hours until I start to feel like, okay, I got to take in some, some nutrients. I, I got to take something in. Um, but typically, um, I just, I'll drink, I'll, I'll, I'll wake up and yeah. drink and then I weigh myself. That's the routine. Yeah. And then I'll take my uh, my EAAs or my pre workout, my BCAs, and mm-hmm. a little bit of caffeine. And I'll I'll hit the gym, and then afterwards my routine is I get a protein shake in. So I'm not typically eating solids until much later in the day, until like probably the late afternoon, like you know, like around now, three, four o'clock. I haven't even yeah. I haven't like today's a long fast for me right now. I haven't had hey. any. Any food um, other than liquids, really. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's the best way. Uh, A lot of people will try to do like a day or two and they're like, I can't do this. But if you start like from a couple hours and work up to where you are, you know, over a period of a year, you're going to feel so much better. And yeah, I imagine it's huge. I mean, but you're, you're a fit guy, so... Thank you. Like I would, I wouldn't expect anybody to just try that like a normal American our age. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't. I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, I was yeah. like, hey man, I know you just got off of McDonald's, but maybe give it a break for four hours and see what they do. It's gonna be, they're gonna be hangry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so, so I, what I would recommend to someone that's like trying to to eat less. So all it comes down to is you're closing the window of how much you know you're taking in. Yeah. So. Um, I, I would say instead of trying to start out with like a 12 hour, I would say just maybe eat an hour later than what you typically do and then see if you can go a little longer the next day, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, highly recommend that. One of my mentors, he has a thing where he only eats fruit till noon. Like he, he'll only consume fruit up until noon and then he'll start to consume other foods. Like that's... That's his thing. There's no one thing that I know about human diets is that there's no special diet that works for every single person. You have to find what's right for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You said it the best right there. Thank you. Thank you. Because I I saw a study that um, it was a TED talk and the guy said, you know, some people responded better to being on a low carb diet and some people responded worse to it. So Mm -hmm. I would never ever just tell someone, Hey, just reduce your carbs because, um, you don't know like what their body needs. Every, everybody's different. Yeah. We truly are. We truly are omnivores. Yeah, we are. Yeah, for sure. I call myself a uh, flexitarian because, uh, I, I am flexible. Like if, I'll eat fish a couple of times a year, but I won't seek it out. I was in a hotel and they, uh, one of the choices was salmon and I ate it the first day. It was amazing. I ate it the second day and they made it a little different. And I was like, Oh, why did I eat that? It wasn't even, it wasn't even 
as enjoyable as it was the first day. Yeah. And uh, so I really consider myself like a flexitarian. Like occasionally I'll have cheese, um, you know, pizza. I'm not like a stri- my my girl. She's a strict vegan. Like she doesn't really? eat honey. She, it's a lot easier when your other half is on board and we're yeah. doing the same. We're doing the same diet, you know. So it, it makes it a lot easier when she bakes. She bakes things with applesauce, mm. and uh, like she's an incredible baker. I know she's uh, gonna hear this, so I'm giving her all her roses now. You're a lucky now. man. You're a lucky man. Lucky Thank you. Man. I, I just recently asked her to start baking some more. Like this this time of year, <laughs> this time of year, I'm a big snacker, and I love I love the sweets. So like anything yeah. pumpkin spice, I'm I'm all about it. Well, when I was on patrol, right? I'll tell you a quick story. When I was on patrol. I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get that pumpkin muffin, and it was like the size of my head. It was like maybe half the size of my head, but I yeah. was eating I was eating one of those probably three to four times a week, and I was like, why am I gaining weight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. But literally, I, I was going there three to four times a week, eating one of those muffins i was oh never my. a big coffee drinker but uh i was you're getting the muffins out. though i was hitting those muffins <laughs> and 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 when people would make cop and donut jokes i was like do i look like i eat donuts <laughs> but the truth but the truth is i was eating those muffins <laughs> oh I, man i used to i used to tell people like i will not walk into a dunkin donuts in uniform because of the cliche i'm like i will yeah. not do it but I used to hit that drive-through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you you were absolutely correct with what you said, and you were very careful to say it that way. <laughs> hey, man, I've done that a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what's the big What's the big plan? Uh, like the big vision? Do you? Uh, how big do yeah. you want to grow this leadership business? Because like, I could see. You, I could see you having a hundred million dollar business. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, that's it's scary because uh, the CEOs that I've talked to have all been like, "Hey, yeah, I need that," and I'm like, "Crap, there's only one of me." Yeah, yeah. So you know, so, you know, you have to duplicate yourself. Yeah, and so I'm starting. I've I've uh, put my company in through a, a program called SkillBridge, and what SkillBridge does is it allows military members to transition from being in the uniform to being in the civilian sector and uh, i've looked through linkedin i've seen people with content they're getting ready to leave and i reach out and i'm like hey what are you doing man would you like this to be a course because it looks like you got a lot of tidbits that if you just spend some time you could put this into a course i'll host it off my website any of the money that you make you know 95 percent of it you can have and then i have a bunch of resources that can be taken down anywhere in the world, you know, and these experts with decades of experience can share what was once lost. And so that's one of my visions. And then, uh, of course that, that equals, uh, putting people on stages that, and that puts, puts people in uh, direct one-on-one coaching environments, uh, like I'm doing now. So I'm, I'm big on veterans. Uh, so here in Phoenix, I'm helping some veteran owned businesses out. And what I'm doing is, um, giving them advice on how they can grow I'm using some of these methods that I pulled together. And what it looks like is this, and this is, 
it's pretty simple. We all get taught, hey, go after the money. You know, how much time is it going to take? So how much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? And then who's going to do it? And that's how we get told as a society things should work. But in every organization where I've been selected to be a leader and they've put me through lots of tests, IQ, how is your personality? Are you, are you physically fit? All of the tests, right? They always value the person first. Like special operations truth number one is this. People are more important than hardware. People are more important than hardware. And there's a reason why everyone looks at special operations as being elite. It's because we put our people first. So whenever we flip the script and we put our people first, they tell us how much time they need and then it costs less money. So everyone would come up to me over the last 27 years and they'd be like, how are you doing all this? And I'm empowering people, right? I find the right person for the right job, not, not necessarily the person someone else would pick, but the right person. I spent time on that. And whenever you put the right person in charge, Extraordinary things happen. Not ordinary things, extraordinary things. And that is just the magic formula that I'm bringing to the veteran-owned businesses here. But I kind of got a personal vendetta. Okay. You want to hear it? Yeah. So I was at a fundraiser, a political fundraiser, and I was in my uniform, which was a suit. And I walked up next to this, uh, I'll just call him a rich kid. And he's like, hey, so what do you, what do, you do? Like, why, how did you get here? I'm like, oh, dude, I'm in the military. I'm in the Air Force. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry you have to be in the military. Like, it was the wow. 50s. And I was like, what? No, that's a, I, this is what I always want. Shut up. You know, I was in my, my internal struggle, had the angel and a demon on both sides telling me, <laughs> just don't, don't just, punch him. Don't punch don't, him. Don't, don't punch him. <laughs> you know, so, like, but when I think about it, you know, you had Dan Spencer on there talking about, uh, how he's building his empire in coffee, kind of like Black Rifle uh, is doing. Black Rifle. Let's take Black Rifle, for example. That is your veteran-owned example of how things can blow up and be an influence on the world continuously. Yes. Like, that's a ranger. You know, Matt Best, and thank you for my service. His book was 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 a launching point. But they used to do um, entertaining things all the time into where the 10-year mode hit, and he was able to take his veteran-owned business somewhere else. But we don't have enough veteran-owned businesses that do that. Everyone knows Black Rifle Company, Black, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Um, I love them. What other veteran-owned businesses do you know about? And so in the Phoenix area, I'm making that happen. And what's happened is the veteran-owned uh, owners, they're like, hey, man, I I need to open up another location. Like, I'm, These people are coming in droves to come work for me because I actually care. And it shows. I'm like, isn't that awesome? It really is. It really is awesome. And after you, after you knock out your own backyard, then you move to the next nearest state and the next nearest state. And I can so see what you're doing blow up. I, I can see it so clearly, and I'm so happy for you, man. And I'm so grateful. I already said this. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast to talk about what you do because – I've only had a couple of military people. You know, there's so many service members out there that are doing such big things. It's hard to get to them all, but I'm going to do my best to get these incredible people, such as yourself, out there into the world, promoted, and let people know exactly what they're doing. Um, Just a quick transition to who are some of the people that you look up to? Like, who's on your, your list of heroes? 
Yeah. Um, as far as like uh, goats, like greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Top five. If you could have a conversation with them, <laughs> if you could have a conversation with them, like not people yeah. who uh, you've already worked with, but like, like you know, top five, yeah. dead or alive, you could have a conversation with them. Uh, you could mastermind with them. Who who would it be? Yeah, uh, we talked about this in my front office yesterday because um, I'm a big fan of goats. But my personal belief is you can't be a greatest of all time until you until you're not here with us anymore. So the first one is kind of with us, and it's Jesus. I would okay. love to sit down with Jesus. Who wouldn't, right? Um, even if you're not a believer, like the man was magic and there's lots uh-huh. of things. That, uh-huh. So like, it's just, I would definitely sit down with Jesus. I'd ask him a bunch of questions and you know, he's got to know. So like, that's number one. Uh, number two, Chris Kyle, uh, you know, sniper, even after service, after he hung up the hat, he said, I need to spend more time with my family, but I'm going to give back to my community. Even after the event where he's like, this guy's just not right. Like he still gave back everything that he had for service. That, that, that's amazing to me. I, I aspire to be like that. Um, MLK, Martin Luther King. Man, you want to talk about adversity? People say they have it bad. Read some books about MLK. Like, I want to know, how did he have the abilities that he had to stand up and say the things that, he, that needed to be said at the time when it was just not popular? And that is... Man, how can I pull some of those nuggets and be an eighth of of that? I mean, an eighth would change the world. I mean, he did it. So MLK for sure. Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln had so many failures in his life. (laughs) So many failures. He kept going and kept going. Yeah, and his personal life was terrible. Like his family, everybody was doing bad. You know, and then he's running a country that's doing bad. And as after a whole bunch of failures, and he just kept going. How do you get that in you? Like, that's America, right? That's America, baby. That's, yeah, he started it. He started that. So, yeah, absolutely. And then the last one, Seneca. Now, Seneca's not religious at all. He has some things, but this is something that most people say that they don't know he said. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Luck is what happens when preparation meets on. It's not, it, the other paraphrase is, you know, it's not that we have a short life, it's just we waste it. <laughs> you know, throw me to the wolves and I'll come back as, as their leader. You know, <laughs> you know that one. I, that's here's my the first one. time hearing, that's my first time hearing that one. Yeah, and then here's the other one. Associate with people who would improve you. And that's what we're doing right now, Super Dave. I, that's why I'm like, you know, I, I've, I've been saying no to podcasts for a while, but Man, I love your energy. I got, yeah, absolutely, yes and amen to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, every single conversation that I have with a special person such as yourself, um, I feel so energized and charged up when I hit end and when I hit, uh, you know, leave from the podcast. And, like, I I walk back upstairs and I just, I feel so good about the conversation that we just had. And it's yeah. not over. We're still having it. But I just like the reason why I have these conversations is because I I know your heart from the moment I met you. Right. 
And then once you told me what you did, I was like, okay, this is one of my brothers, and I know his heart. I know where your heart is. Your heart's in the right place. The people that join the military, the people that join all of these communities, they don't join it for riches and fame, right? right. You join it. You yeah. join it because you want to serve, and it's a servant's heart. And when you start, mm. when you start there from a servant's heart. And you start in the right place. Like the only, if you just get a few key things from from the people that I talk to, right? You can your trajectory is only up. And especially, yeah. especially like some of the people that I have on here, such as yourself, they drop such such gems that it's like, man. What what I'm here to do is I'm help I'm here to help people to have a, a bigger vision of themselves and a, a mm. bigger a bigger like wow I could do what he's doing absolutely and I could, I could blow up and some people never ever realize that but they just need you to come along and tell them they need mm. they need an atlas out there to say hey <laughs> here's here's five examples of former veterans who are doing. It and doing it in a big way, and I could right. show you how to go from where you are right now to where you want to be. Let's, let's take this walk. Let's talk. You know. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, hundred percent. Flip, flip the script on me. Oh uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, totally unprepared. You know, I, you didn't know I was going to ask you. So this is uh, this is one. Are you getting hit up right now as a golden ticket uh, winner for advice at these uh, these other cities? Have have they started doing that to you? No one, no. I I I haven't I haven't physically gotten my golden ticket, so oh. I, I have to write them. I have to write them and tell them because I I can't wait to post it on my Instagram and my Facebook and my LinkedIn. I cannot wait to say, hey, I'm a golden ticket winner. But um, if someone if someone did hit me up, I'm just gonna put it out there that I would give them advice and because. I'm not really worried about what anyone else is going to say on right. the stage. I know that I have to win top three, right? <laughs> and then I go to Grant yes. Cardone's stage, right? Yeah. And I'm not concerned with what – there's going to be 100, 150 people, and they may, they may switch up the rules and give us a minute again yeah. on the first. You know, we're, we're all semifinalists, right? Yeah. I'm really not concerned about getting through that round. I just want to make it to the finals and win – top yes. three so that I can go and like really, really change lives with my message. I know that I'm competing with myself and I know I'm competing with my own self-confidence and my own preparation. So like, I don't care if, if anybody hits me up, they can, they can hit me up all day long. You know, I'm going to limit the time that I spend talking to people, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would definitely help them out. I would give them 15 minutes of my time and just 15. Get, yeah, maybe five minutes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. How would they reach out to you? Um, so my my Instagram is Coach Super Dave One, and okay. um, and my my website is davidleath.com, L-E-A-T-H. So we'll throw that out there. But if ha, have you been getting hit up by anybody? Yeah, because um, I, I posted a picture. Uh, with the golden ticket and uh, Pete Vargas, and so yeah, uh, I'm getting hit up 
<laughs> on Instagram specifically, uh, Atlas underscore Altman, uh, and I'm I'm getting the hey, what is it like? And I'm helping them because, like you said, it's. I hope their their message gets out there, and if they're one of the top 150, their message is going to get out. Yep. It's going to get out. Yep. You know, so like your message, whether you're a semifinalist, like you're one of the top 150 unknown speakers in the nation today. I know. 150 incredible. top. You're in the top of 100 in the nation of millions of people. I mean, that's huge. I so know. everyone who makes it to that stage, immediately their message is going to get amplified. And you've made it. And I knew you would. That's why I recorded it. I was Thank like, this guy's, this guy's <laughs> it. And then when I recorded it, I'm like, yep, that's, that's going to go. And it did, man. It did. Um, and so it's like refining, refining, refining. But the, the questions I'm getting are very specific. Like, when are they going to tell us about the competition? I'm like, they won't. They're, they're going to tell you when you show up like they did with us. Yep, they're going to spring it. They're going to spring it on you. And, and, if, and if you've been preparing, and if you've been preparing for this moment, like you said, preparation when it meets opportunity that's mm -hmm. when that's when you get lucky right yes seneca <laughs> uh throwing it back on me yeah atlas no, I love that. atlas said it <laughs> <laughs> seneca's yeah. not here right now atlas yeah. said uh, it. i'll rephrase it um blessings are what happens when preparation meet opportunity because i am a man of god and he he was not so that was what i'd ask him i'm like hey man you had all this knowledge why didn't you believe in God? <laughs> so but my no, belief, um, my yeah. belief around God is that things are too perfectly engineered, like the calculation to go into space, the way that our body circulates, it's yeah. it's oxygen throughout the body, right? The the way that the solar system circulates around the sun. Um, yeah. Things are just too perfectly engineered for there not to be a great creator, a great engineer behind it. Like there's just too much, yeah. there's too much science and precision for it to not be, for it to be uh, random. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My, my belief in God is I, I'll tell people I, I believe in God, and then if they want to question my belief, I, I'll explain it to them. But most of the time especially the atheist. One of my best friends does not believe in God, and he will not believe in God. Uh, when his daughter got diagnosed with cancer, he's like, if there was a God, why would he give my little baby girl cancer? And I said, you're blaming the wrong person, brother. That's the devil. Like, <laughs> the devil gave your baby girl cancer. But, you know, um, that's the way I look at it, but changing his perspective is not for me. He has to make that choice, and, and I don't prophetize. I just believe. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you, man. It seems like the Bible gets proven by science a lot more than the other way around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you had uh, Jeff Bezos' money, right, $100 billion, if you had Apple kind of money, uh, yeah. what, what would you spend it on? Assuming that you've already taken care of your family. Yeah, I would absolutely be involved with veteran-owned businesses still. I would, I would try to get them better training because, um, yeah, that's the community I come from and that would be the easiest thing. But also I would branch out into police and fire, uh, maybe not nurses cause there's just not enough of them. And when would they have the time to start their own business? They are always, <laughs> they're always busy. 
Um, but uh, you know, I would definitely well, help. Some of them, those. some of them only work three days a week because they work twelve-hour shifts. So they have more time than you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, also my ex is uh, my ex-wife is a is a nurse, so I, I wouldn't support her. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. What's your what's your next project? What's coming up next? Yeah. I have a book that's coming out. Uh, I pulled it back from a couple of really well-known publishers to do it myself based off of some Goggins advice that he, David Goggins was like, don't let somebody else publish your book. They'll start to control your message. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. Uh, wait, so- wait, wait, wait. I was telling you before we started recording that I went to Atlanta. I yeah. can't even remember what month. After that, I went to, uh, or I think I went to Dallas first, then I went to Atlanta, and after that, I went to Arizona, and next upcoming is Miami. So I'm forgetting yeah. what cities I'm in. But in one of those cities, I know it was Atlanta, I went to an event called the Circle of CEOs, and David Goggins was one of the speakers there. That's awesome. And what he said about the publisher was that they were going to keep, they were going to give him an advance of, three million dollars i think and they were going to keep 85 percent of all profits after that he ended up walking away from that deal against the advice of of you know some other people that he held as as uh counsel and he ended up making 10 times so he he's made like 33 million from his book um, Mm -hmm. because he self-published it and promoted himself and kept all of that profit for for himself yes. and his wife yes absolutely um yeah so i've heard him preach on that and uh i'm, I'm in that i'm in the pews <laughs> so yeah the kids books were just a test to see how that would go and they went well i mean i'm not making any money off of it <laughs> at who all, was uh I'm... that that's that's cool um who was your illustrator i'm just curious because i want to make um, a uh i want to make a comic myself Okay. Yeah. Jason, uh, Pickwan is, uh, my illustrator. Uh, also, uh, I found him on Fiverr. Okay. Uh, after searching him up from a children's book that he wrote that went really well two years ago, I uh, found out that he was a professor in the Philippines. And then he said, uh, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm like, how much is it going to cost? <laughs> just let, just let me know. And now I, I paid him too much. But I love the book quality. <laughs> I love, you know, it's just you can't with kids' books. Illustration is everything. Mm-hmm. So the message doesn't get through if there's nothing to look at. And he mastered it. Um, and that's probably. I mean, I give him. Um, I, I had to. I had to really go after him though. <laughs> I had to go find him and and get him. That's the guy I wanted. Uh, and then uh, it took me a while. So first book, the first book cost me a thousand dollars to illustrate. Whew. The sec, the second book. $2,000. The third Oof. book, it's not published yet, $3,000. The fourth oh one, God. you can guess how much that cost me. Four grand. So yeah. um, I'm done writing kids' books <laughs> for yeah, yeah. a while uh, because the illustration is just through the roof and uh, I can't afford them anymore. So yeah, his time is valuable. When is the leadership book coming out? When is that planned, slated so in, in your mind? Yeah, I've uh, I've got the quotes. I'm ready to push it. Uh, I had to change a couple things. And whenever I publish a book, it has to go through the Department of Defense Security Review so that 
they make sure that I'm not exposing any secrets or any right. operational things right, that right. would would uh, would would hurt the future of uh, of where I'm coming from. Once that clears, um, about a month a uh, month or two away from pushing that out, I have pre sales on that. Uh, I sold a couple thousand in that book, so I, I know that'll go well. What's the title? I, a, I didn't know. I um, didn't know it was done. Yeah, it's a rule of three leadership: how elite teams get led. Rule of three leadership. How, yeah, how elite military teams lead and win. Where can we find that book? Is that on Amazon or somewhere else? Oh, uh, it'll be out. Um, I haven't published it yet, but uh, yeah, I have to wait for the review and then then it'll go. Gotcha. Um, uh, you have a estimate estimated date of release? Yeah, it'll probably be around Christmas. Uh, I have a agency that I hired to market it, and they were very expensive, uh, <laughs> but they've hosted and marketed uh, now. A little over a thousand bestsellers around the world so I know they're doing the right thing and uh, they'll help me market it in uh, summer whenever I transition full-time into being out of uniform but awesome. yeah that's that's really cool uh, I am also releasing my second book in the first quarter of next year it'll be out probably early February late January early February depending on you know how fast I can move this thing through the, the various stages of, of writing, you know? Yeah, what's um, it called? I don't have a working, t I have I have about 10 different working titles right now. <laughs> and once I narrow that down to, it's gonna be about coaching. That's what it's gonna okay. be about. Um, I was, you know, I don't even wanna throw out some of the names that I'm playing with because the title Fair. is ex extremely important. It is. Um, but I do have, I do have some, you know, I could. I don't know if yeah. I want to reveal them just yet. <laughs> I'll okay. reveal. Okay. I'll reveal. I'll reveal them off off camera because uh, the title right. might completely, completely, completely change. And uh, but the the book is about coaching, and mm -hmm. it's about first response. It's about my audience. So, um, you know, like I'm. It's going to be around coaching heroes. That might even be one of the titles that I have written down. Hint, hint. <laughs> but I that's, like that one, coaching but, heroes. But um, you know, like very simple and to the point about what it's about, and um, the whole book is going to be about coaching and my philosophy around it. Um, but how can how can people find you? Yeah, Instagram is my main platform. I've been working on. Uh, that's Atlas, A-T-L-A-S underscore Altman, A-U-L-T-M-A-N. Um, from there, uh, I put I put videos out from YouTube. Uh, I put my top three speaking uh, tips for the Great American Speak Off out on YouTube yesterday. Um, and then I told them to go to my Instagram. Everything comes off of the Instagram. I also do uh, short segments of 60 seconds or less on leadership tips and advice that I was told I'm no longer allowed to give for free. <laughs> I bet you'll get. I bet you'll never guess where who told me that. Um, Pat Quinn. <laughs> I no, no, not going to confirm nor deny. Uh huh. Uh, but uh, you know, for five thousand dollars, I'll show up and tell you. Is okay. Apparently All right. The, the model I need to start following. Uh, but uh, I have a hard time with that, man. The heart heart of service that we have. I just want to help people, and uh, so I'm like, okay. Uh, how about I show up and you give me a hat 
And have you ever read? <laughs> have you ever read the Science of Getting Rich? Um, no, I haven't. Okay, so that him. book was written in 1920s, 1930s, and it's by Wallace Waddles, crazy, crazy name. <laughs> uh, one of my first mentors, Bob Proctor, rest in peace. He introduced me to that book, and um, and I think Pat says the same thing that that this book says okay Hmm. become successful and then you go after the people who can't afford your services by offering your services for free yeah become super successful yourself first right charge Mm -hmm. the people who can pay and here's another here's another mindset shift for you there's 18 17 18 millionaire million millionaires in in this country right then you have people who are high net worth individuals like i'm not a millionaire yet but i'm a high net worth individual Mm -hmm. so if you charged me three thousand five thousand for your service it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt my pocket you know it's like yeah i i can i can afford it easily and continue to live and buy groceries Mm -hmm. um you only need a hundred of those people, two hundred of those people, and now you're a millionaire yourself. So that's a little bit of a mindset shift for you. There's millions of millionaires in this country, and then there's right. even more people who are high. There's so much money in this country. There's even yeah. more people who are high net worth individuals, right? They're not quite at that millionaire mark, but they're high net worth individuals. Mm. After you've become a millionaire yourself, if you want to then focus on the people who cannot afford your services, uh, you have that freedom to do that. So first become successful, read the science of getting rich, wrap your head around, you charge nothing less than 5K to come out and talk. And if you want to negotiate your fee, like, hey, you um, you know, we can do this instead of you paying my fee, then, uh, or if it's an organization that's near and dear to your heart, mm-hmm. um, you can find another way to monetize that event. Um, there's so many creative creative things that you can do once you have a business and once you have an offer. It's like this, this yeah. world that's opening up to us because of stages and because of yeah. different platforms. It's just there's just so much incredible incredible things that we can do with our messages and our story um it's like it's exciting you know i'm excited for you i'm excited to watch your journey and i'm i'm here i'm here for the show and i'm here for the ride so uh like i can't i can't wait to collaborate with you um one of my ideas that i'm going to implement is i'm going to have a directory and i'm going to list you as one of uh coaches one of the coaches that military members like so so i'm gonna have a coach on there right and say there's uh one of one of my buddies he gave i haven't released this episode yet but it's coming out soon he gave me this idea he's like you know certain members of service uh they might only want to learn from other members of the same type of service you know like Mm -hmm. they might want to learn from someone who was in special ops and like they'll be more attracted to you than they are to uh, my other half, who's a wellness coach and a nurse. You know, like uh, they'll 
the reason why we need so many different types of speakers and so many different types of coaches is because you never know who it is that unlocks that key yes for the for for the next person that's coming up you know and yes. that's why we need so many different voices like there's mm. just not enough quality there's always room for quality voices out there yes absolutely i yeah i'm 100% behind that uh and you'll see that teams of people that are aspiring to do great things in the world seem to do better when they're a team instead of an individual so yeah, in my in my intro, I say I don't care about competition. Yeah, I only care about collaboration. That's that's I all I that. care about. I I don't look at anyone as competition because I know that there is so much abundance that I don't need to compete with anybody. There's that's right. You yeah. know, like the mindset of of and and I'm a very competitive person too, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is funny. But uh, certain things you don't need to compete on. You know, like there's enough food and abundance out there for everyone to eat and there's enough people yeah. out there that need help and need your services that you know we, we can find a way to collaborate and be so much so much stronger as um what what is it a three three braided three braided string can't be broken right when yeah that's true three strings and you tie them together yep. they're so much stronger than that one individual string Yes, it's the power of three. Three is the magic number in math, and uh, that's kind yes, of yes. Three uh, Tesla. Right Tesla book. was big on three, three six nine, three six nine. Those yeah. those numbers. I don't know about the six. Uh, I like the odd numbers, but he was big on three six nine. Like he went crazy yeah. thinking about three six nine, three six nine. Yeah, that's so. I mean, the rule three is something that we're all built into uh, believing. So it looks like this: how many little pigs? fought the big bad wolf three Um, how many musketeers are there how many times did uh, boy cry wolf before no one listened three times yes and then you how many strikes until you're out you want to win the game strikes where where do you go from what what uh, point line do you shoot from if you want to win that basketball game quickly you know what i mean how many teams are there in football how many how many portions of a hockey game are there and then uh, math 3.14 3.14 is three numbers because three is the magic number in math. So all of this is in, inherently built into us, and we don't understand. Politicians use it whenever they do speeches. So Yes. Hey, I got a question for you right now regarding your book. Okay, what are the three major lessons that people are going to learn yeah. when, they, when they get your book? Yeah, so that, the rule three is what I just explained uh, as applied to leadership looks like this. People, time, and money. So if you want to think a bit easier, I made it into M's. It's manpower, moments, and money. And the longer the word is, the more important it is to the leadership equation. You don't lead money. You don't lead time. You can only lead people. Mm. So when you focus on people and all the other resources of a leader uh, are, are there to back it up, you can, you can get way more done without being distracted with things you can't control. And that positive influence, it spills over into time and money. You'll find that to work every time. And that's the equation that I found out over all of my elite teams, all of the organizations, like all the organizations I I was a part of won major awards in the the Air Force and in the Joint Force, except for the the last one I commanded, right? 
uh, we won major Department of Defense awards, worldwide awards, because I focused on people and they knew I cared. And there's a lot of tools that I put in my kits to help people do that. And, uh, and it works. So that's the book. I'm excited. I'm excited to read this book. I'm a, I'm a big reader, you know, uh, yeah. leaders are readers and I'm a big Absolutely. reader. So I always, I always have a book of the week. Um, sometimes I have a couple of books that I'm reading that day, yeah. but, um, I, I can't wait to get a copy of this book in my hands. So when it comes out, don't forget about me. I want it and, <laughs> and I don't want it for free. I have no yeah. problem paying for it because I have an <laughs> unlimited right. budget for books um, nice. but I want a copy of that book and I want it on my shelf ASAP. All right, brother. Yeah, you got that. No problem. You'll be one of the first ones to get it out. Um, I'm going to pre-publish it. You'll get one of those. Uh, thank you. But I can't wait to give for... you, I can't wait to give you a, uh, testimonial for it too. You know, Yeah, bring it. E- even if it doesn't make it into the book, even if it just goes on the website, I can't wait to, um, just give you a little testimonial give you your roses like this conversation has been so energizing for me um i just want to end off with my five final questions rapid fire uh the the first one's the heavy one what is your definition of a hero a hero is anyone who serves others without looking for recognition themselves i love it i love it and when um, you've been in some stressful situations, right? Yes. And you've probably been at that point where you were like almost ready to break. How did you save yourself from that situation? Well, every stress is different. Um, the stress of combat's different than the stress of being around the president that's being uh, different than the stress of uh, being on stage in front of thousands, right? Yes. Um, so each one of those stresses uh, has a different coping mechanism, but it all folds back to breathing for me. Um, the three breathing is what I do. It's kind of like box breathing um, and allows your mind and body to connect. And what that looks like is a breathe in for three seconds and you pause for three seconds and you let it go for three seconds and then you pause for three seconds. That's box breathing. That's a technique that you get taught in special operations. Um, I've turned it into something you can do quicker and it's three breathing. You breathe in until you don't want to stop and then you stop and then you let it go until your mind and body connect. And you'll actually be able to do that if you practice it. So that's how I do it. Do you uh, currently offer coaching? Or I, I saw on your website that uh, in rare occasions you do one-to-one. But uh, do you currently offer group coaching? Or is that something that's down the line? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in two CEOs right now. Um, their, their companies are blowing up. And uh, the last one I talked to, I won't name them. Um, but uh, he said, you know, I'm doing $8 million a year now, and I'm still kind of in the weeds, in the tactical weeds. How do I get out of this? And I'm like, yeah, there's 12 steps. Of, there's a process for that. I can give that to you. But my fees look like five grand a session. That's awesome. Because I, don't, I just don't have the time. Man. You yeah. know, it's like I had to pull myself away from emergencies to, to talk to him, and his emergencies were just as important. So... Uh, yeah, I do that. Uh, it's it's five grand a session. I do have a year uh, long package that looks like a thousand dollars a session for twice a week. Um, I have a, a monthly package that looks like four times uh, a month or once a week for a little bit less than uh, it's like three grand a session. But yeah, 
whenever people start getting this knowledge that you know we have and then they see their their company make more money and people start to come to them in droves because they want to do quality work for you i mean it's a winning equation and they're not paying me medical they're not paying me dental they're not paying me anything but that small fee that gets them huge wins so yeah i do it right now yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome uh what's your greatest ability what's your strength yeah, interpretation. <laughs> I love being able to look at an environment and be like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. And then the other thing that comes out of it is, how are you seeing that? And I'm like, uh, let me explain to you uh, where, where I'm coming from. But you know this, as a police officer, your surroundings become your problems. And you have to focus on everything all the time. And that heightened sense of awareness just doesn't belong in a lot of people's lives when they're sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Yep. You know, <laughs> you know it. So that's what I'd say. Uh, one of the keys to succeeding in anything is how you set up your environment. Right. So yes. you understand this from a military and from, and from being an, an advanced team, right? The success yeah. of the operation is based on the environment and it's the mm. same thing with your business or your personal life if you're trying to write a book you have to set up a an environment where you're going to succeed yes absolutely now all right my last question for you if you had a comic superpower what would it be and why <laughs> yeah you remember when we were kids we used to look in the magazines and they would show you those glasses that yeah. you you could see through things and you know Superman glasses, you know I, I bought I bought one of those when I was a kid. I saved up all my money and I bought them and I got the little glasses with the little hole. Have you seen those? Did you do it? <laughs> I didn't do it. I so, wore I, mean, I, I wore a cape. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so I bought those glasses and I was really really mad that I couldn't see through walls, like was in the ad. I really wanted to see through walls. Um, and now I, I take that lesson out and I kind of give it to my young leaders and I'm like, hey, you have the ability to see things from your perspective and without sharing that, the whole picture, the larger picture is lost. So that's Superman being able to see through things that most people just can't see. That's huge to me. Um, and it comes through a lot of things. Like it takes 21 years to become a 21 year old. But you can have the same driving ability as a 21-year-old if you focus on yourself at an early age. I know that's a bad analogy, but <laughs> um, but yeah, Superman, Superman seeing, seeing through walls would be, seeing through obstacles and then removing them is what we do, right, as leaders, so. One of the uh, very coolest things that I've ever seen in a movie, a special ops movie, is the fact that these guys can see through walls. And I don't know if, you know how much we're allowed to say, but I've I've seen it in movies, and I'm like, mm. man, I I just get so fascinated by technology. You know the things the yeah. things that they're coming up with, and uh, I know that MIT they they give things to our military first. Yes, yeah, I've worked with MIT a lot. Um, I work with Johns Hopkins a lot, uh, and there's a lot of fantastic cool, just Americans. cool cool things that they're coming yes. out with. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't share most of them. Right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, they're they're 
we have in America, we have a technology advantage, um, but we also have a people advantage. And, and like I said before, with our elite teams, when we focus on the people and we extend their ability to operate until they're like late forties and early fifties, sometimes, um, that gives us an advantage over the newer kids that are just joining the game with no technology. Uh, and that's all of why that, we're so, all of those years and years of wisdom. Yes. Yes. It's just there. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. And yeah. Um, yeah, there are, there are technologies out there that, that I can't talk about right. that would just absolutely blow you away. He'd be like, we can do that. And I'd be like, yeah, how about that? Isn't that cool? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and I know, I know they're, they're like top secret level clearance, but I, I've been a fan of sci-fi and I know that the things that we see in movies are not that far away. You know, they're yeah. not that far fetched. Well, yeah, I mean, so I, that's part of my course. I do a certification in um, in goals. It's called Gold G O A L E D, you know, like Goal E D, um, yep. Goal Education. And so part of that is uh, I bring up the Jetsons. I'm like, yeah, who remembers the Jetsons? All right, name some things in the Jetsons that have come true. And uh, you know, I always get the robot. Yep, robot vacuum. That's right. Microwave, like like being able to talk off of your wrist. Video teleconferencing. There's a whole bunch of the Jetsons that come true. And I'm like, you, you know why I'm bringing that up is because, just like you said, um, if, you can, if you can think about it, If you can imagine it, if you can imagine it, then it's possible. Yeah, that's the Bob Proctor in you right there is, you know, yeah. the, power, the power, the law of attraction, you know, being able to put it in your mind. And the science is a reticulator activating system, right? The RAS. Whenever you buy a new car and you're like, dang it. I didn't realize everyone else had this car until I bought it, you know, <laughs> and we've all been there. Um, but yeah, you start putting that into your subconscious and, and, and power thing, powerful things will happen. They do all the time. And it's just being able to reprogram your subconscious, which is doable. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we focus on a lot. And a, a lot of the teams that I've been on is being able to do better at the drop of a dime, you know, ready Gosh. right now, always. I just want to thank you again for your many, many years of service and all of the work that you're doing now. Um, I'm grateful that you came on and that you agreed to come on. This has been like a really, really good talk. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for your future. Um, I'm excited for the things that we're going to create together and collaborate on. Yes. And I'm just, I can't wait to see you again in Miami and just like, we got to sit down and like, yes. Just, you know, grab a, I don't drink coffee, but grab a tea or whatever, <laughs> a, a, a bottle of water and just kick it, you know? I love it. Yes, I'm, I'm there. Um, uh, we, we need to figure out where we're staying first. I heard they say they were going to give us a hotel. I don't know if that's true, but um, definitely dinner, breakfast or lunch. You and I are going to break some bread, brother. I, I yes. promise it's going to be a great time. It's going to yes, be a great yes, time. Yes, 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 yes. I already got my uh, plane tickets and uh, I'm there for a week. So, okay. Um, I, I turned it into a, a father-son trip. Nice. Um, I have been taking, I have three sons. I've been taking each one of them on a single trip, just me and my son, sons, uh, singular. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been an amazing year because of that. So, like, I know that I created some great memories this year. Like, this has been just yes. a phenomenal year 
on the relationship and the business side because of the decisions and the things that I've done. Um, will your son be with you in Miami? Uh, no, uh, my girlfriend's going to come out with me. Um, okay. she's, she's got some friends in Miami, so we'll probably end up hanging out with them doing the same thing. We're going to extend I, uh, the trip out. And I just got to say, Miami. I just got to say, uh, about you, the fact that you had your son with you in Arizona was so incredibly like heartwarming to me oh, that I, I was like, I gotta stay in touch with this guy. I gotta connect with him because when you said this is my son, I, I felt such um I, I don't wanna say jealousy, but I was just like, That's oh, that's incredible. That's awesome that he gets to experience this with you. And yes. I'm like, it's it's huge. Like that's a memory that he'll have yes. well into his adulthood. Like this is it's life changing for him to have been in that room that we were in. Oh, absolutely. And then when he told me dad, I think I want to do this. And I was like, let's go. And he actually got up and spoke in public for the first time. That's incredible. My, 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 That's so my incredible. dad heart it just broke, man. I was like, uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> so proud. I'm a proud Papa. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. No, introducing him to like, uh, just introducing him to excellence. So like when I introduced him to you, I was like, this is, this is, this is the kind of people that we need to hang around with. You know, these people are going to make a huge difference. Let me movers, introduce you to Super There's so many, so many movers and shakers in that room. Yes. So many people doing great things, great Absolutely. missions. Like that's why you got to get into those types of rooms because you just meet such incredible people that are just doing oh, yeah. big, big things. Huge things. Hey, don't huge don't things. hang up. Don't hang up. I'm gonna uh, end this recording, but uh, okay. There's a book that I want to share with you, all right? All right. All right. All right, all right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.